Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. I'm Serafina. And I'm Ambie. And what oddity are you feeling like today, Ambie? Uh, the oddity I'm feeling like today is like those uh, shrunken voodoo doll heads that uh, Shaggy won for Mary Jane. I think Shaggy won for Mary Jane in like the live yeah. action Scooby-Doo movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just feeling feel- really drained of a life. I'm feeling a little decapitated. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I need a white girl to kind of admire and obsess over me right now. Like, <laughs> just really... <laughs> we all deserve that, truly. I get it. That he- The heat's making me feel like that. 100%. I've had like a headache for a week, so I definitely feel that. Yeah, so that's really... But uh, what kind of oddity are you feeling like today? I am feeling like a test tube of chamomile because like I need to chill. (laughs) I just need to chill, you know? Um, It's been crazy. I had, unfortunately, a raccoon attack our chicken coop this weekend. Um, We lost a rooster and he was a great rooster who died uh, in service. So we thank him for his duty. But if you do hear a chicken at any point in this recording i have the one chicken who was attacked but made it don't i have other chickens who made it but she was the only one that was attacked and she's in here with me healing and occasionally she wakes up from a nap and just starts talking a bunch to me so if you hear that that's just our splashy girl and she's living it's been it's been a rough uh four days we didn't think she was gonna make it she got bit three times by a raccoon um in her face so if you can imagine, she's really going through it, but she's a fighter and she's pushing through. What's her um, name? Her name, she doesn't really have a name. She's a Splash Moran. Uh, so we call her Splashy. Okay. But it's not, I don't really think that's her name. I had a whole flock of chickens I lost and they all had names and um, burying chickens that have names are really hard. So when we got our our second flock, I was like, I'm not naming any of you, even though I should, because they're all really good birds and they're, you know, they're good, but it's it's hard once you name something and then have to bury it. Because the problem with livestock is that when there's livestock, there's dead stock. I mean, farm animals die. and uh, They do be dying. They do be dying. And even if they were never to get attacked or do anything, they don't live that long either. You know, like it's not like a pet. It's not like a dog. So uh, she's just a splashy girl and she's sweet and she's so good. Uh, but I, I genuinely did not think she was going to make it and she has, and I'm so pumped because she's, she's a good chicken. She's a nice chicken. Uh, so if you hear her, uh, just know that means she's alive and that's a huge, <laughs> a huge yeah. thing happening. Um, before we get into the episode, uh, our oddlings have probably realized that Erie is not here with us today. And that is because she is on a new adventure of her own and I will let her tell her story when she comes back. Uh, so for the oddlings that recognize Ambie's sweet voice, this is mm. our other co-host from Queer Fear. And since Erie is off uh, doing some really cool stuff for the, the current foreseeable future, we asked Ambie to come and co-host with me because I couldn't leave you guys in the dark without any interesting history, you know? And uh, he graciously accepted. So we all are giving him a round of applause or snaps, if you will. And uh, we're so excited. I'm so excited to have you here because I love talking to you. And I know that our audience loves you. So thank you so much for accepting the invitation. I actually have a little treat for you guys because it's actually his episode today. He's going to be teaching us something. And I'm freaking pumped about it. I'm so excited. Uh, So thank you. 
Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on, and uh, <laughs> I will happily be like the cheap knockoff, like Target version of Eerie for as long as I can be. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be myself, and I'm gonna do my own thing, and I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be able to match Eerie, but I'm I'm gonna try to at least bring her level of bunk and uh, sarcastic <laughs> energy, and I'm just gonna you know. Yeah. Trying to bring that onto the show. But yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here in Oddlings. Just be a little patient with me as I get my feet wet and find a comfortable way to go about this. I go off of a very unhinged form, very unplanned, unorganized form of podcasting, and that does not work here. So I had to try <laughs> to be very planned and very organized. And so just a little bit of patience is all I'm asking for. I don't think they'll need it much. You're pretty good at what you do. For those in our audience who don't listen, he has his own podcast with an amazing person named Courtney uh, called Wait What? And they do a great job over there. They just don't teach people stuff. They just talk all the time and have a great balance in their podcast. So I think that I think you'll be just fine. Yeah, it's really just two gay guys gossiping. So, like, if that's your thing, you're going to love it because that's really right. all we do. It's <laughs> my thing. It's my thing. It's my straight husband's thing. So, I mean, everyone and anyone can love you guys because you guys are amazing. So, excited to have that kind of energy around here. I'm very pumped. Appreciate it. So, what's been on your mind? What have you been up to? How are you living? I mean, I've been working a lot. Um it's fun, you know, podcasting with Courtney. I am attempting to be on a season of Master Chef. So I have been doing, as I'm sure you've seen on my Facebook, lots of cooking experiments. Wait, is that because you actually want to be on the show? Yeah, I actually I have um auditions in November for the producers. I mean if what? you get past Yeah, if you get past the producer round, you get to go to like the actual like judge part, but the producer round is a massive hurdle and and I don't think I'm ready just yet, but the thing is you can literally audition as many times as you want until you make it onto the show. So, it's all just a learning experience, you know what I'm saying? Um That is so cool. I didn't know you actually wanted to be on the show. I thought you were making a joke. That's rad. No. Also, your stuff looks awesome. Every time you post you. something, Dave's like, "So when is he going to come cook for us?" Like, what's the deal? And I cook all the time, so for him to say that, it's like actually like big praise. I appreciate that, Dave. Yeah. So I'm working on that. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I am the world's biggest, most, well, one of the world's biggest, most insufferable Swifties. Um, <laughs> so I have been enjoying Speak Now Taylor's version. Um, I don't know why she got disrespected with only two weeks of an era. Um, looking so at you, Taylor, I'm very irritated. Um, yeah. But I have been enjoying the music and. I don't know, dude. It looks like we might get 1989 Taylor's version. We might get Rep Taylor's version. Like, there's a lot of suspicious things going on in the world of Taylor Swift right now. And I'm honestly pumped. I will tell you, 1989 is the Taylor Swift era that I connected to most. So interesting to me. Isn't it? Well, to be fair and frank, um, it's the only Taylor Swift album i own i mean i have them all on spotify like downloaded and i listen to them quite regularly but for my 19th birthday i think my best friends and her dad bought me the deluxe version on vinyl and like bought me like a little uh record player for my birthday i listened to that album like i don't even know like 70 or 80 times throughout like 19 to 20 and i think it's like the perfect album for when you're 19 to 20 Oh, it's, it's, I think it's one of like, 
I know I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but I think it's one of the best <laughs> pop albums ever created. I, I fully agree with you. There's not a single skip on that no, album. No, it's really not. There's enough singles on the deluxe that it's almost like an album and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all they're also all bangers. Yeah. So I hope she redoes that. I hope that's the next one. Um, I've also seen the theories. So are there any other theories other than the one that I saw was that she on this tour has played in 19 different states and it ends on 8, 9, August 9th. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Which is like her level of thinking. Planning. Yeah, exactly. Insane. I love that. I appreciate that so much about her. I think it's so much fun. So I hope so because that means what? I mean, even if she just announces it and it doesn't drop, that means we get an announcement in a week. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she's giving me a reason to live and I appreciate my only thing is, is I always viewed 1989 as a summer album and, and we're kind of yeah, we're coming up on fall and winter. So I'm just a little perturbed. I mean, if she drops it in August, if she drops it in a week, it's still summer basically until sure. September sure. 21st. So, I mean, that's more time than speak now. God, <laughs> just imagine the 1989 vault tracks. I, could cry thinking about it uh, and the idea of like that was my era so like the idea that there's more and i think she said somewhere that there's like 150 he wrote 150 songs for 1989 yeah so i mean imagine she just takes 10 of that the best of that mm-hmm. 150 we're getting probably 10 of the best yeah songs like- written in that whole year you know and there's rumors of like an Ariana Grande feature. There's rumors of a Lady Gaga feature. There's rumors of a Harry Styles features. And See, if we got style with Styles, I would die. I think the internet would collapse. I am a child of divorce. <laughs> so I would absolutely See, die and pass away. See, I became a Swifty during the lover era. And so mm-hmm. I am also a child of divorce because I love Joe Alwyn and I miss um. dad. I really, R. really R. miss dad. And I just, I just miss dad, dude. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you other than he really did lose her. <laughs> he couldn't handle having a famous wife. Uh, he could not tolerate it, if you will. That was wonderful. That was, <laughs> Thank you. That was really good. That I really, really appreciated good. that. I really liked that. <laughs> good. So you mentioned that maybe Ariana could be on the, on a track for 1989. Oh, yeah. Have you seen you haven't seen any of the like insane drama with her right now? I mean, I know she's going through like a breakup or something, but otherwise, no, I really don't. So uh, it basically dropped this week that homegirl is not a girl's girl. And that really sucks. So she had married a man named Dalton uh, during quarantine in 2021. They were really cute, but um, apparently didn't go that well. Uh, she moved to London to film Wicked the musical uh, mm-hmm. made for a film. And one of her co-stars is she had a co she has a co-star named Ethan Slater, who was SpongeBob on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, he's interesting, interesting uh, looking dude. And <laughs> uh, he also moved to the UK uh, to film wicked. And so did his wife and seventh month old newborn baby. Okay. And um, so they announced that Ariana and her husband Dalton are separating. And then the 
day after they announced they were separating, as in getting a divorce, uh, it's announced that she's dating Ethan Slater. Um, once again, had a wife and child <laughs> move right. with him to London. And his wife, they had been together for 15 years, married for four of those years. Right, right. High school sweethearts. Also, his wife is hot. Like, this is, like, a below-average-looking man. I'm so sorry, but look at the pictures of him. I don't like... Ca- I don't like... This is not a good man, so I don't even care to, like, be like, oh, but everyone's beautiful. He's not. He's ugly inside and out. Um, and he's always been dating out of his league, way out of his league. His wife... You, you know what he, that means, right? Yes, I do. I do that know what that slanging. means. He... Yes. He has to be. Has <laughs> to be. Um... Which, good for him. We all have our thing. You know, we all have our thing that, like, gets us to the people that we want to be around. Um, But he'd be slinging that thing all around town and basically was cheating on his wife with Ariana Grande, who's also married. Um, And they both of their... They home-wrecked two homes, basically. Because his wife found out uh, that they were together when he split up their marriage and like they were in like a good period of their marriage she was like it came out of nowhere like they weren't separated they weren't whatever it was like honey i'm getting a divorce and then the the next day i'm like i'm dating ariana grande right and dalton ariana's husband went through the same thing so like as they're like could you imagine uprooting your whole life taking your child your newborn to a new, like a new country for your husband in this insane business opportunity. And uh, he leaves you for Ariana Grande. I think in that situation, you just kind of consider yourself lucky. That you, you found go, out who he was as a person? You just go, I mean, it sucks, but huh, dodge the bullet. I <laughs> guess. What I, mean? Yeah. I, think- I mean, but for 15 years, it's like the slowest bullet dodging ever. No, I know. I know. I know. I just, it's awful, but I just be like, well, at least I, I, I'm a big, I'm a firm believer that the trash takes itself out. Mm-hmm. So I just go, okay, well, for sure. But I, it makes me feel weird about Ariana Grande because I love her. I love her music. I've always really liked her, but apparently this is a trend. Like uh, she did the same thing with Big Sean and she did the same thing with Pete Davidson. Like they both had other people, other women in their lives. Right. And then, like, she, like, went on to, like, date them. And it's just, like, girl, you are, like, so pretty and, like, gorgeous and, like, so talented. And, like, you could have anyone in the world. Like, stop going for other women's men. Like, what? Like what is going on with you? Like, you, you could have anybody. Yeah. Plus, but like, I, I also feel like that's a complex. Right. He's, he is hot. Like, he's an attractive man who, he's like, like a- really li- like, he really liked her. I mean, you're dating Ariana Grande, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure, but like, there, I'm sure, right? But I'm sure there's a lot of men who would like date Ariana Grande for like her status or her money or you know whatever. But it's like he genuinely seemed to like her, like for as sure. a person, and like, and Ethan's wife had been with him for like 15 years, like had just had a baby with him, like all this stuff. Like they, they were like building lives, and they were like, you know what? Let's just like break up with your wife. I'm bored. Like, come on. Right, right. No, and yeah, like, I feel you. Do you do you think they're gonna last, or do you think he just like ruined oh. his life for like a six month relationship with Ariana Grande? You know what? As the words are coming out of my mouth, 
I also might ruin my life for six months with Ariana Grande. <laughs> I would ruin my life for six months with Dalton Gomez. So <laughs> you know what? It's <laughs> fair, but not for Ethan Slater. I'll tell you what. No, he's kind of the loser in all of this, and also yes, like he's a and, loser. and and the attractiveness shouldn't matter. But when you look at all of them, like when you look at Dalton Gomez, you look at Ari Grande, you look at Ethan Slater, Slater, mm-hmm. you look at his wife, and you look at him. Uh, <laughs> there's a yeah, big difference. I, it, yeah. One of these things just doesn't belong here. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, Serafina, and all of our wonderful oddlings. So. Today, I'm going to uh, change up the script a little bit, and we're going to talk a little uh, current events. Would it be current events? Um, Possible future events. We're going to delve into the past a little bit. We're kind of going to go all over the place. Um, I want to talk about the Fermi Paradox. I want to talk about the Great Filter, and I just want to talk about the possibilities of life beyond Earth. Mm, um my favorite yeah my entire life i've always been like wickedly fascinated with space space and the oceans i guess the two unknown things they're the same really thing just... yeah yeah <laughs> um and i just find the idea of like space exploration other worlds other galaxies so fascinating and uh, a couple years ago, I was listening, I don't know, I was listening to some kind of a podcast, and then there was this podcast called The End of the World with Josh Clark, and it sounded all, like, dark and mysterious, and I was like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> and he had episodes dedicated to the Fairman Paradox and the Great Filter, and that opened my eyes to space exploration and possibilities that I had never considered before, and I became, like, dis disgustingly obsessed with it for <laughs> years and then i kind of did the adhd thing i latched on to other things kind of forgot about it and then recently i started getting into it again and then you kind of asked me to do this and i was like well i know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> um so before i can really get into the Fermi paradox and the great filter i kind of want to put everything um hey real quick do i need to so I wanted to kind of explain the origins of life on Earth, the origins of the of Earth's creation within the galaxy, and like kind of the start in the history of the galaxy itself. But I don't want to bore everybody with a bunch of numbers. So we're going to kind of like, we're just going to bullet point through this. It's going to be important later on when we talk paradox. Um, and so a lot of this information I got from The Origins of the Universe by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's like one of my favorite oh, human yeah. beings on the planet. Yeah, I adore him. Um, so I'm just gonna boom, 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 right through this, guys. Um, so about 13.8 billion years ago, it is believed that within a dark vacuum of space energy, uh, within a dark vacuum of space, energy was amassing and amassing and amassing and amassing until finally it could no longer be contained. It folded into itself and then released back out with such force and tonnage that it created what is known as the modern-day universe and the process known as the Big Bang. Um, Me during my reputation era. (laughs) 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 And while the Big Bang is not proven knowledge, it is the most accepted scientific idea of how the universe was created. So... 
this big explosion, this big ripple happens, and we go through about a 380,000 dark ages of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasts about 300 million years. And within that time, heat and radiation are just multiplying and multiplying within the universe. And then it is estimated that about 13.7 billion years ago, the first stars were created, bringing the universe out of the scientifically termed dark ages. And so now we start to get light into space. We start to form light travel. Stars start to be created out of dust, etc. Another billion years happen, and that's when the first galaxies start to form. And then 1.2 billion years after the Big Bang, so roughly 12.6 billion years ago, the Milky Way forms. That's our galaxy, right? Yay, Milky Way. We love her. We do. And so then for about like 9.24 billion years, like a lot of cool science shit happens, but not really anything that's like relative to the later discussion. But, you know, it's like dark energy, black holes, galaxies forming, stars and giant or uh, dwarf stars, giant stars, all that good stuff. Really cool stuff. Um, And then about 4.65 billion years ago, proto-Earth forms. And it is a rock doused in molten lava getting railed by asteroids on a daily basis. Earth mm-hmm. is fulfilling my frat house fantasy. And yeah. it is just it, it is just taking asteroid after asteroid after asteroid. The um, Pornhub intro plays here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then about 3.9 billion years ago, so 9.9 billion years after the Big Bang, life on Earth begins to form. And so the reason I wanted to cover this is because we start to talk about the is because before we start to talk about the Fermi paradox, the Great Filter, and any other alien discourse, I wanted to highlight a few things. Any and all possible life in the universe had the same timeline to form and develop. Thirteen point eight billion years. Everything was even from the start. The universe happened thirteen point eight billion years ago, and as planets start to form, we've all had about the same length of time to do our thing, right? The planet Earth formed in 9.24 billion years, and it only took 75 million years for the formation or from the formation of baby Earth for life to form. And while that seems like a very long time, in space terms, that's a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. From from Earth's conception, it only took 75 million years for life to be able to form on this rock. And this isn't walking, grunting, mammoth hunting life, but it was biological microbes. And about 1.8 million years ago, stable, intelligent life was able to form and develop on Earth. Humans, its biggest achievement and its biggest curse. Mm. Yeah. That's the truth. (laughs) Um, So this shows that upon its conception, Earth was a breeding ground for life. Across a 9.24 billion year window, it took a mere 75 million after conception for life to form. Relatively speaking, that is massively quick and rather efficient. And the simple fact that Bacteria, plant, aquatic, and mammal life have all been around from a span of roughly 3.8 billion years ago, bacteria, 600 million years ago, plants, 500 million years ago, aquatic life, and 178 million years ago, mammals. And the reason I find that so significant to highlight is that Earth from conception was a breeding ground for life that we humans have not seen replicated anywhere else. Now I'm ready to talk Faramay Paradox. Before I do, do you have anything you want to add, questions, say? Do you want to congratulate Earth for just, like, pumping out life real quick? Like, that, that girl's been breeding, dude. I was going to say, she, she definitely got some type of kink going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy to think. Time is so weirdly 
irrelevant. Right. It's, it is wild to me. And I, I love talking about this stuff because I do like remembering that it's like, yeah, what you did in eighth grade doesn't matter because that literally like the, the idea of time and the idea of earth and like the idea of like all of these things happening and lining up so perfectly it's like no one cares that you did like an embarrassing thing or like no like it you're good you know like in the in the grand scheme of things like you're good right everything's good we're good absolutely um and oddlings just another quick thing so i did extensively try to like research and fact check everything i put into this if you hear anything that is not scientifically correct um please feel free i don't know how you're um fans listeners are able to kind of reach out to you guys but like let me know i don't uh, mind a typically little... in the instagram dms <laughs> okay i don't mind a little i don't mind a little correction i don't i don't mind a little uh hey buddy you got this wrong but i did fact check from multiple places just to make sure i got these numbers relatively correct so just this is what we're rolling with okay <laughs> this is what we got <laughs> yeah exactly but all right so let's talk faraday paradox so the faraday paradox refers to the dichotomy between the high probability that extraterrestrial intelligence exists and the fact that we have no evidence for such aliens. And so I pulled that quote directly from lifescience.com slash Fermi paradox, right? So it's basically the idea that reasonably speaking, we live in such a massively vast universe in which there are galaxies upon galaxies. I mean, there are millions to yeah. billions of galaxies and with each galaxy is millions to billions of star systems. And so it seems like we would live in a universe full of teeming, intelligent, intergalactically connected life. And yet, from our naked eyes, we are the only beings around. Yep. Um, so I'm going to pull a quote directly from uh, The End of the World with Josh Clark. So in the summer of 1950, four physicists ambled over to the Fuller Lodge. The Fuller Lodge had been converted into a mess hall for the people working on the Manhattan Project in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Oppenheimer, sorry. <laughs> right, the relevancy. <laughs> well, here's this next line. Taking a break from, ref uh, which I love this, taking a break from refining the most destructive weapon in the world had ever known into a more destructive one, these four physicists got into chatting about the UFO fever that had recently gripped America. They dismissed the idea that reports of UFOs were alien in origin, but they didn't dismiss the idea that life existed elsewhere in the universe. The group moved on to other topics when one of them, Enrique Fermi, abruptly turned the conversation back to aliens. Where is everybody? Or possibly, where is everybody at? The exact quote is lost over time, but the concept was kind of understood. There mm -hmm. should be life all over our galaxy, and yet it appears to only be us. So that's the end of the quote right there. Hmm. Um, but truly, it was an American astronomer named Michael Hart who is really responsible for the Fermi Paradox. He released a paper in the 1980s insisting that we were simply alone. Hart's conclusion, because life should reasonably, reasonably have emerged and be known to us by now, the fact that it hasn't solves the Fermi Paradox. We are hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so eh, if you think so, Mr. Hart, I don't particularly agree. <laughs> uh, me neither. <laughs> um, and so that kind of is the basis here. And then really, I just want to get into some reasons um, why we have not come into contact with other life forms. And I figured you and I could just kind of conversate off of these bullet points and kind of go from yeah, there. That sounds great. So bullet point number one, and what I consider to be the least likely, but hey, you got to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. So we were the original intelligent civilization, and mm -hmm. while others are alive and possibly forming, we are the first, 
and are the depth of intelligence and our depth of intelligence is the highest in the galaxy. Um, simply stating somebody had to be first. Mm -hmm. And I know we have this, I know we have this notion to be like, you know, humble and saying, Oh, come on, we couldn't, but it's very reasonable that we are the first and and we are the smartest, most developed beings in the galaxy. (laughs) I just hate that idea, but yeah, I agree. (laughs) I mean, cause it's such a, it's such an interesting and uniquely human thing to think that like, you know, there has to be something better that like, we always seem to think that there has to be something better beyond Mm. our knowledge. Right. So there has to be some kind of a better, more advanced civilization on a better planet in a better galaxy. And they're smarter and they're more advanced, but it is quite possible that we are the depth of intelligence in this galaxy, that our civilization and our formation um, is, is like the peak of the peak. And that's like, maybe there are other young up and comers, but they haven't even reached where we're at. And we haven't reached the depth of our development either. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I could agree with that. Do you like that? I don't like that. I don't like to think that Um, we're just like the bare minimum here. I don't like to think that we are the smart. And in a world that's given us Florida, I'm terrified. (laughs) <laughs> we're the peak of the peak um, but I do think it's possible I mean it, it does make sense I also I don't know if this is a theory for later uh, that we could go off of but my thought is like if all life had the chance to start at the same time uh, being that uh, 19 or 13 billion years ago mm-hmm. um, that other life in the universe could just be at the exact same level as us mm-hmm and like that makes sense to me and the idea of like, well, one universe over, there's another earth and they're at the same level as us because we've all started at the same time. That that does sit with me in a way of being like, well, that kind of makes sense. But it is right. boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It definitely is. Um, but that's why I thought it was so important to kind of point out the timeline, right? Because yeah. everybody, it, it's... um. It's a difference between equity and equality. Everybody mm-hmm. started off at the exact same time scale. Right. 13.8 billion years. It only took Earth from its formation 75 million years for things to start popping up. So if there is some other system, some other civilization, another galaxy, if they even, and this will come up, if they even started 100,000 years before us, how much more advanced could they be? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So then, and and this is actually, this is the one that I prescribe to the most, so it's going to be this next one. Um, So aliens do not possess the same interest and have no desire to come into contact with an unknown civilization. Yeah. And so I have a quote I pulled from The End of the World with Josh Clark by the senior astronomer at the SETI Institute, uh, Seth Shostak. And he says, all of this is based on trying to guess, because that's really the correct verb, Yes, what is important to the extraterrestrials. And I don't think we're very good at that. Any more than ancient Greeks would have been good at guessing what's important to 21st century Americans. I don't think they would have been able to foresee what's important to us. So we have a tendency as a as a, a, a race of beings. Um, a race of beings? Is that? Um, I'll take it. I don't know okay. if it's correct, but I'll take it. <laughs> right so we have a tendency to kind of anthropomorphize anthropomorphize i think that's the word if it's not i apologize it everything is, that's the word yeah thank you and we we tend to think that every like you know we like to be self-important well that but also and i kind of quoted this right our depth of knowledge exists in one place and one place only and it's earth 
Mm-hmm. And and you can't fault us for we only know what we know. Right. right. We only have one scale, we only have one model, we only have one thing to go off of. And that's human desire, human nature, human functionality. We maybe there are other aliens elsewhere, but we only know what's important to us as a species, right? And that's survival. Mm-hmm. Um the human race has two options here, right? It can either keep growing and growing and growing until we push Earth past its limits and we kill ourselves off. Mm-hmm. Well, it's three options, right? So we keep going till we push ourselves past the limit and we kill ourselves off. Mm-hmm. We have the option to basically realize what the population limit that the Earth can handle is. And then we have to systemically curtail any growth beyond that. Or we have to expand into our universe onto other planets to survive. Mm-hmm. And so three options for the human race. We either keep breeding, keep reproducing, and we need to expand outwards. We systematically curtail pr- uh, reproduction. Or we push it past our limits and we go extinct. Mm-hmm. So to us and our desire to survive, it, it makes sense to us as humans that we would, if given the opportunity and we have the science for it, expand into our universe so that our race could continue to breed and survive. And I think that, sorry to cut you off. I think species might be not our race, (laughs) our race to survive. There you go. I don't know, bro. Yeah, you're totally right. Species. (laughs) Um, Well, the human race, I hear that all the time. The human race. You know what? You're right about that. I just am afraid of white supremacy. So, (laughs) yeah, well, (laughs) um, and so, uh, for our species to survive. Um, so we think that if aliens in the same predicament were given the same opportunity, they would also colonize the galaxy and mm-hmm. settle on as many planets as they could to continue their survival, right? But yep. we don't know that. And for all we know, aliens absolutely know we exist. And they're just like, okay, <laughs> good for you. You know what I mean? Like, have you seen that meme that's like, do y'all wonder if aliens go by Earth and lock their doors? <laughs> I have heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what do you what do you think about that bullet point? I think that in a world, in a universe, that sounded like a movie trailer. In a world, in a world, <laughs> in a universe where there are beings who are smarter than us, and when I say smarter, I mean more progressed than us that uh-huh. they are able to observe us in a, in a, a way of caring about us uh, right. and being that smart i think that um one if they're listening to this podcast hi <laughs> please save <laughs> us no um yeah. i think that it is dumb to think that all life is like us or cares about the same things that we care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I I don't know if I'm straying too far from the bullet point, so if I am, rein my ass back in. No, um, I think that every time I watch an alien movie and it's like, they're coming to the planet and they want to destroy us or they want to farm us or whatever, like, that to me is wild. Like, this idea. But I know that that's also... I feel like the way that we look at aliens in media is strictly from such like an American 
-hmm. westernized view of like this weird thing that like the this like rugged individualism that America does and the idea that like other life could be just like us in the sense of one they're human or look like humans or think like humans or have a brain like us um, the idea that like they're only here to colonize is like so crazy because a a in America that's what we would be doing, exactly. Or what we do all well, across um, the globe. Let's just across be real. the right, that's what's like literally what we do. But um, I mean, every sorry, but every civilization, Asian, you know, whatever, Arabic, European, African, they human survival is built upon conquest. Right, it's not just the West; it is the entire world. I would agree with you, but I think we're the only ones who do it in the specific way we do in the okay. modern day. Okay. Um, in the sense of like, name a single other country that has like military bases here. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah, we have them everywhere all over the place because mm -hmm. that's just the fear tactics that we go off of or whatever the hell. And like, that's whatever. Like once you leave this planet, the idea that every other species would be so American in their militarized ways is like, I just watch alien movies and be like, that's wild to me. Like there's not a single alien movie, not at least of recent times, especially like, I don't know, like post nine 11 or something where it's like, oh, yeah, the aliens just showed up because they were like, hey, we finally had the technology. Like, how y'all doing? What's what going was on? That, what was that movie where it was kind of like that, where the aliens came and they weren't even violent, but then we shot first, asked questions later, and then they came back and were violent because of that? I what feel was like that there's, it was huge. There's it was huge. so many like that. It was like It was like a massive movie at the time. I don't know. I can name a, a bunch of them. I don't I don't know of any of them. I don't remember any of the first scenes. <laughs> like I remember like the, the ending. But I do like I feel like um to directly go back to your bullet point, I don't think that a a species smart enough to build spacecraft that can withstand the, the trials that the universe has for travelers would particularly give a rat's ass about us or want to colonize us. I, I have a hard time with right. that. With exactly. that idea. I agree with you so much because I think it is human nature. Like humanity just like has this thing where we just want to conquer and be in control. Um, and so we we assume that other races would be the same way. Um, but like, I guess for me, it, it's just like, if, if a civilization is so much more advanced than us that it has the technology to like, come see us from another star system, why would it care? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, and right. It's also like, like, they could do cool stuff. <laughs> why would they care? It's like, Right, it's it's. I guess for me, it's like um, the way I look at it. Let's put it on like a smaller scale. Let's say that you're just like I don't know. You're like a powerful group of humans. There's like 50 of you, and you come across this island. This island's unclaimed, and you see like 10 people living there, and they got their own little thing going on. If your first instinct is "Yum," do you you guys don't cuss on here very often? No, we do. 
I don't remember you guys dropping many F-bombs. Dog, I dropped the F-bomb every other word in so many episodes. Maybe I'm so sensitized, or maybe I'm so desensitized to it, I don't even yeah, realize. <laughs> but if they just see them, they're like, yo, I want to fucking kill those people and take their land. That's fucked up and uniquely human. But that would be the same thing for these advanced aliens. When they fly over our little sandbox, they're like, yo, let's fucking kill them and take that shit. Like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's a drastic way of thinking and processing mm-hmm. things. Like, good God. Yeah, it's and I, I also <laughs> think that you can say that it's uniquely human or, like, humans want to conquer. To be fair, I think that's something that's, like, strictly patriarchal. So the idea that aliens would run under the patriarchy of, I want to conquer that thing. Because, like, women don't think about that kind of stuff. Like, we're, we don't, like, walk into... We don't see an island and be... And I'm not saying all men not to not all men the situation not all men are christopher columbus but i'm just saying you don't see a lot of women being christopher columbus going to like puerto rico and like fucking everybody up so the idea that like all aliens would be christopher columbus to me is wild Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like why would you even even the people that christopher columbus came from thought christopher columbus was wild so like the idea that like they're trying to sail the universe blue to come like mess us up it it seems strictly you know like a like a a a a movie that is catered towards men Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like the idea that like a whole civilization on the other side of the universe could feel like that to me without ever being introduced to that is kind of wild i agree um, so let's move on to, so this third bullet point is actually going to tie us into what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I, I do want to mention it specifically, uh, right here. Okay. Um, so it is so impossibly hard to travel through the galaxy and make it to other star systems that not one possible civilization has managed to make the trip successfully. Yeah. So there might be another, um, civilization in a star system or somewhere that's a little more advanced than us and has a technology to kind of travel somewhat through its own galaxy but it is just so freaking hard to get through space the amount of time it takes and all the different temperature variables and all the different like asteroid belts and all these other things that it's just so freaking difficult to make it from one place to another that no one like people have definitely or beings have definitely tried but just it hasn't been they haven't been able to succeed I would say that I agree with that one somewhat because I think that's where we are. Mm-hmm. We can travel within our own. I mean, we have shit on Mars. We're trying to go to other planets. You know, we have the James Webb telescope, which I think is amazing. And that is, can see so far and do so much. But oh, cool. we can barely leave our own atmosphere consistently, let alone entering other planets consistently. So the idea of trying to leave the universe <laughs> is how, you know what I mean? Like it, right. the, that's why I say that space and the ocean to me are so similar because we are in 2023 and we watched a, a poorly built submarine collapse in on itself like a couple months ago. Like, and we've had the ocean right next to us this whole time. Like the pressure that you go through in the ocean is like nothing compared to space. I still thought that that was an incredibly successful trip. They wanted to experience the Titanic and they did. They really did. I mean, the idea that the Titanic is still adding to its body count is iconic. Go off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so this last one I have here, this is my favorite. Okay. 
And I think it's ridiculous, but it is my favorite. Real quick, do you know what a Berserker probe is? No, I don't think so. Let me just look up an exact definition so we can just okay. get this right, okay? Is this like a real thing? No. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't so, sure. <laughs> the Berserker hypothesis, also known as the deadly probe scenario, is the idea that humans have not yet detected intelligent alien life in the universe because it has been systematically destroyed by a series of lethal probes. <laughs> so it's the idea that like there could be a space, uh, there could be like some kind of an alien uh, civilization um, in like one galaxy over, and they have these little like like drones that kind of patrol and protect their galaxy. And like the minute we approach it, they would just like blow us up. <laughs> oh. so that's actually a small part to this bullet point. So here's the bullet point. Okay. All right. So there could possibly be an older civilization that has beaten us by a hundred thousand years. And this society doesn't want to compete with younger upstart civilizations for resources. So, they are actively hiding from us, but they are listening, and they are watching, mm -hmm. and they are viewing our progress. And if we, the young, naive children in the eye and their eyes, get a little too advanced and a little too bold, a little too confident, they'll just shut it down and they'll just destroy us. And that is known as the dark forest hypothesis, which is even if you can't hear it, there is something always watching. I would say... And I love it. <laughs> I would say I love that. I would say I could see that. I I once again don't know if that means... I... Let me get my own bullet point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kind of think that this is happening, but they're waiting for us to become progress enough or intelligent enough to have a conversation with us or to interact with us. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if they're waiting to destroy us, but I do think that possibly they're waiting for the moment that they can show up and our brains don't melt. <laughs> I get that. I guess what I like about this one is it's, I guess for me, it's kind of in a way it's logical. Like, okay, mm -hmm. think about it. If your uh, civilization has us beat by a hundred thousand years and you're advanced enough that let's say they've colonized their own star system, Mm -hmm. And they're generating resource and they're keeping their civilization going and they're happy and they're chilling. And there's this young upstart and you know, eventually they're going to grow the same way you did. They're going to need resources the same way you do. And if you keep growing and they keep growing at some point, you're going to run into each other and you're going to want each other's space. Right. That's the idea. And so the, they're just kind of watching us and they're like, mm -mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like the minute they put someone on Mars, I'm blowing their asses up. The minute they land on Mars, I'm nuking it. But I just, I just find it so, so fascinating because I think like, okay, I think it's kind of goofy and a little too sci-fi, but also is that really unrealistic? I mean, I don't think so. Think about how not, I think, I think it points out to like um, human naivete. And this is a, a, a point I got from Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm not directly quoting anything, but I'm just remembering kind of what he suggested. And it's the idea that we're so young and we're so naive as a civilization that we've been shouting out into the void since the 1960s. And really, we've been radio transmitting things and TV mm -hmm. transmitting things for centuries. And we could have gotten someone's attention, but they don't have an interest in knowing or competing with us. And we could one day be a threat to their success and their survival. Yeah. 
There's also one I love that says, we've been shouting to them for years and we reached them and they're on their way. They're just not here yet. Yeah, I I, I like that theory in a sense. Um, and the idea of like, I so at what point do you want me to tell my UFO story? <laughs> Whenever you want, dude. I'm so here for it. I so okay. Let me start off by saying I personally have a really hard time seeing aliens as a threat. Um, any more so than I see humans as a threat in the sense of humans are the biggest threats to humans. We know this. We see this every day. Uh, we're talking short-term and long-term. Humans are the, the biggest threat to humanity. So the idea of like a foreign invader to me is not, I don't know. It just doesn't sit with me in a place of like, Aliens are something I should be scared of. I've loved aliens my whole life. I have a UFO tattoo. Like, I I fuck hard with aliens, you know? Yeah. And um, I always have. So the idea that they're, like, this spooky thing to be scared of, like, I just don't, I just don't vibe with it. And I think that comes from a lot of me, like, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the scenario is to where I'm so empathetic that, like, I don't see, like, I don't even see like illegal aliens as a threat. Like I don't, I just don't, I have a hard time processing anything unless it's actively trying to shoot me or harm me. I I just have a hard time seeing something as a threat from the get go. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we're, we're not xenophobic just because you yeah. don't know something doesn't mean it's a threat to you. And as far as like illegal aliens go, no one who's born on this planet is illegal. Borders are right. Exactly. A line and a map. I don't give a shit. If someone wants a better life, they deserve a better life. If aliens want to come to talk to us, we can, let's sit down, let's kiki girl. Like, we can, oh, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm here to chat and, and chill and learn. I think I'm too curious. Right. And like, maybe curiosity kills the cat and that's the end of it because there's more to that. Everyone says curiosity killed the cat, but no one knows re- what revived it, but that's fine. Um, I just... I have a really hard time seeing aliens as a threat. So when I hear people talk about it and have them be threatening, it's it's so hard for me to imagine. That's why it's like, I know, I know, I say this as like somebody who has like a doctorate. I don't, I know that aliens are observing us. I'm very aware of it. If they, I think that if they wanted to kill us, they could like, I, and they have it. So I'm like, and until I'm proven otherwise, I just don't see the threat. So mm-hmm. let's get into my UFO story. I have a few, but I have a really good one that's backed up by multiple witnesses. So I feel a certain type of way about this. Okay, so this was 2021, 2020, maybe somewhere in that time. Uh, I believe it was during COVID um, or maybe it was right before it. I don't remember. Anyway, Um My husband was working third shift, basically. He would come home at like three in the morning. And I'm a night owl, so I was up all that time anyway. So this had to be, I don't, I I wish I could remember. I could go back through my text, but we're not here right now. Mm -hmm. Um, He was working these shifts. So we used to, at that point, smoke so many cigarettes. It was not a joke. And so at like three in the morning, we'd sit on our front porch. And this was at a time when we had zero neighbors because basically everyone and like 
we live on the end of a road and we have like four houses that are near us, but no one lived in them. It was a really weird period for like eight months where just no one lived in these houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just us. And we also live on top of a hill. So like we have like a, a small city, like imagine like Stars Hollow, if you've seen Gilmore Girls. We have like Stars Hollow and then there's like a, a hill and we live up on top of that hill. And there's uh, on the other side of the city, there's a river. And then there's like a bunch of neighbors or neighborhoods and stuff like that on the other side. Right. But we're up. So if you're on the other side of the river, you can like look up at us. Right. Mm -hmm. So he comes home from work. We're sitting on the front porch. It's three in the morning. He's listening to this podcast right now. And I'm so sorry that I'm making you relive this because it's weird to talk about. It is weird to talk about. Um, And mind you, at this time, he had started dating me. We're not, we're not married at this point. So it had to have been like 2019. Um, and he has never seen a ghost. He's never seen a UFO. He doesn't, he has respect for all these things, but I wouldn't say at this point in time, he believed in them. Mm-hmm. And um, so he comes home from work and we're sitting out on our front porch and we've been out there for 45 minutes. I mean, this is what we did. We He would come home from work and we'd sit outside and we'd smoke and we'd talk and we'd laugh and giggle and have a great time, right? And talk about the world and everything in it. And we're sitting here on our front porch and we hear the loudest noise I've ever heard in my entire life. It sounded as if a jet engine started right on top of our house like right on top of our house, so loud. And it, mm-hmm. it I could tell you what it is now, but at the time, I, I in, in that exact moment, I didn't know. But it was basically like as if something, like a rocket ship <laughs> was taking off from our mm-hmm. empty neighbor's backyard. And we both jump and look up. And right above us, is a flat black square. It's a square, but it's toy- It's turned so a point is like facing south, right? So it's almost a diamond, but it's still a square. It's not like a elongated. It's not anything. It's just a square turned on its axis. And the whole thing is flat, except for the underside of it looks like you remember, I don't know, they may still do this with computers now, but do you remember like the old Dell computers that used to have like the indents on the sides of them? Yes, yeah. Like the square indents on them? It looked like that underneath, but there was no holes, no fans, no engines, no anything. There there was nothing that would tell you it was aircraft. It just was a flat black square with red lights on the corners of the square and it was silent. So we heard the first noise, but then we heard nothing else and it's there. It's, it's on top of us for, and okay. When I say on top of us, I mean maybe 30 feet above the trees mm-hmm. and we have tall trees. We have older trees here and there may be a hundred feet. So we're looking at 130 to 150 feet above us. This is, if I don't even know how to explain how close we are to this thing. Like this is, this thing is lower than the hel- the urgent care helicopters, you know, that yeah. fly by like this thing is on top of us 
And basically, it had dropped out of the sky and had caught itself right before it hit us. That's what that sound was. Was like the air rushing to stop it around it from like falling to the ground. Mm-hmm. And then it sat there for probably 25 seconds on top of us as we're like panicking because this thing is huge. It's like a flying football field. If it would have come down, it would have crushed our house and our neighbor's house. No problem. Mm -hmm. Like that's how, how big this is. So it sits there for about 20 seconds and then it just starts gliding south. So like in front of us, it just starts gliding silently. No sound. Zero sound. So the loudest sound I've ever heard to nothing. Not an engine, not a propeller, nothing. It is super quiet. And then it just glides on over the trees. And we never see it again. I've never seen anything like it since then. The feeling was eerie as shit. She's um, oh my god you're right the feeling was terrifying uh my husband who's never seen anything like that before has chills right we both have chills we're both staring at each other and people have been like why didn't you take pictures i tried he tried our phones wouldn't work and by the time that they would the camera would even come up it was basically over the trees to where you could only just see some of it and i have a picture of that but it's 4 a.m. It's dark as shit. Like, you can't really see anything but, like, the red lights, right? Mm -hmm. But it happened. And then um, the next day, I will tell... After after that experience, we both looked at each other and was like, we were just witnessed by something. Like, even if... Say that wasn't aliens, and it was, uh, you know, like a, a vehicle America's working on or the Russians or whatever the hell, like they clearly had to have known that we were there. And like, we clearly knew that they were there kind of thing. You know, there's like, um, yeah. we were clearly just like, we like what's happening. My husband was waiting for like the black escalates to pull up to like men in black us, <laughs> um, you know, like a whole thing. And nothing ever happened. Nothing happened. Like they, it just glided off, and and that's what happened. So we did not really go to sleep that night. We kind of just like stayed up because we were like scared. It was like, what was that? What happened? What the hell? Like, what what was going on? And so the next day, I tell everyone I know about this, right? Mm-hmm. As you do, yes. And my mother, who um works with people who should be trusted let's just say that um not to dox my own mom she works in a community of people who are paid to be very observant (laughs) and are trusted for uh their observations uh i don't know how to say what i want to say because i don't like i said i don't really want to dox my mom but (laughs) (laughs) there are people who live in in the city I live in who were across the river who got home from their shift about the same time and saw the same thing we did, but they saw it fall out of the sky. Mm -hmm. So there are people across the river, my mother's coworkers. I've, I've heard this. I've actually heard the story from multiple different points around the city. 
But my mother's coworker, because I called her the next day while she was at work to tell her what happened. And my mom was like, Monica just told me she saw that happen. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, Monica and her husband, he he works in a different city and she works in a different city. Uh, but they both got off work at like the same time. Or she goes to work at the same time he comes home from work. So they were out front, like getting in their cars and getting out of their cars. And they saw this UFO basically drop out of the sky and like land, like right above the tree line of like where our houses are. Mm -hmm. And like, she's like, I can't believe you just told me that you were out there for that. Like I, I was having trouble believing Monica. And like, so it within 12 hours, I was completely validated of like, yeah, that actually happened. And then within a week I had um, my neighbor's uncle lives on the other side of the city. I live in about two miles the other way um, south. And he saw the same thing. He saw it glide over his house. Like this thing was like documented by like multiple people, like verifiably saw by multiple people. Um, and none of us have answers. None of us have ever gotten answers. And when you're like, well, what did law enforcement say? Or what did any, you know, like, did anyone get in contact with the government? Uh, some of these people who validated it were in the government. <laughs> so, like, there right. was nothing that any of us could do. There was no, there, it wasn't recorded on any cameras. Like, it was 2019. I'm the only neighbor around. It's not like I, I don't have a, I didn't at that time have, like, a ring doorbell or, like, a camera anywhere. Like, I do now, but I didn't then. Um, and none of my neighbor, we had no one who lived around us. So we didn't have like any active security cameras and, um, Monica's house doesn't face her ring doorbell doesn't face ours, our, like the, our direction because her house faces the other way. So like, unfortunately anyone I was in contact with didn't have any documentation of it, but like we all are in this weird group of like, we all saw this. And yeah. what's odd is I Googled it afterwards to see like black square UFO, blah, 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 blah. There's a black square UFO that's been spotted and documented like in multiple different places around the world. That looks just like the one I saw. But no government claims it. No anything like there's nothing, but it's been videotaped. It's been done all this stuff. It's absolutely wild. Interesting. So when Interesting. I say interesting um so when i say that i think that they're here observing us i agree but i don't see them as a threat yet because i mean they could have crushed us or they could have uh i don't know well maybe we don't know that i mean dog all they had to do was not catch their freaking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not put on the airplane <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's i definitely think that their paradox is interesting in the idea of it seems like we're alone. I just don't think we are. <laughs> yeah, well, the paradox is a a paradox is an unsolvable question, right? And so right. he's basically saying, like, why are we alone if the probability that other people should be here is so massively right. high, right? Yeah. What I like, I guess what frustrates me most is I just, it's just like, aliens, why are y'all hiding? Like, right. come on. Like, come vibe with us, my dudes. Like, I guess that's what makes me feel, I, and I don't feel sinister about aliens. I guess, like, um, I have major anxiety, right? Yeah. 
But there's just something about me that like has zero fear over um oh, what's it called? Existential events or whatever it's called that I can't control. Mm-hmm. Like if a nuclear war started tomorrow, okay. I can't I can't right. control if a nuke's gonna hit my town. So why right. if aliens invaded tomorrow and started killing everybody? All right. Like I can't do anything right. about that. What I'm gonna join the resistance and shoot an AK at an alien? Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, like I'm gonna be the protester being like, let them in, let them in. <laughs> like I was I was I was fearless during COVID. Like I wore my mask and did everything, but like I didn't give a shit if I caught COVID because I can't prevent it. Right. Like I wore my mask, I washed my hands, I did the whole social distancing. But if I get it, I get it. Yeah. I can't, you know, my anxiety comes in when I put myself into a situation like you will never catch me on an amusement park, right? You got me fucked up. <laughs> I will never drive behind a truck that's got a bunch of cut logs on it. You got mm. me fucked up. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not final destinationing myself. Yeah, definitely. But like if I get COVID-19, I get COVID-19. Yeah. If aliens evade tomorrow, well, here they are. <laughs> like, right. if, a, if a nuke goes off of New York, well, it sucks for them. But like, I can't do shit about that. So <laughs> why am I going to, you know, yeah. what I guess the reason that I can agree with some people that maybe aliens have some kind of sinister intent, and, and I don't feel that way, but I guess I can see the thinking is, why observe us? Why be here but never reveal yourself, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, unless you have some kind of a like mo- like an, ulterior, an ulterior motive? Mm. Like you put all I this energy think... into being here, observing us, exploring our atmosphere, coming to our planet, but you go so far to keep yourself hidden. I just go, well, why? I think it's because we're the threat. But how could like then that makes me think they're not that advanced. If they see us as a threat, we they must not be that much more advanced than us. Well, it depends on what you think advanced is because I think that in real, I think that they could be more advanced than us in the sense of we could just be a toddler with a lot of guns. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible there could be it could be a civilization that put all of its time, energy, and focus into exploration. And we're like this massive war machine and they don't even have weapons that could compete. I could see that. Or maybe they, they do have weapons that could compete, but they're not out to kill us. They're just yeah. waiting until the day that we figure out that like, hey, maybe opening your door with a shotgun every day is not <laughs> the vibe. You hey, know, they're so- going to be waiting, bro. <laughs> right, exactly. And there's shooters out here. Um, so that's kind of what I think. I think maybe that they're almost more advanced in the sense of like they have weapons and choose not to use them where we have weapons and are using them on each other. So what the hell are we going to do to them kind of scenario? Right. So that's kind of what I think. I think that they're just waiting until the day that like one, they can talk to us and our brains won't melt out of hysteria or whatever, which I think we're getting there as a society in the sense of like, we had these um, hearings right last week that the guy was like, yeah, we definitely have UFOs. Like we have like non-human bodies here. And like, it barely even trended on Twitter. Well, there's no proof. Show me proof. I mean, that's true. But like in the 1950s, if someone were to say that dog, like there would be mass hysteria. For sure. So I think that we're as a society, we've been beaten down and so broken now. That's like cool. Aliens exist. Tight dog. I mean, is it beaten down and broken, or have we just, like, especially, like, the younger, like, our generation, or yeah. are we just a lot more open to the idea, okay, cool, of course there's aliens. People in the 50s were like, there can't be aliens because of Jesus, but, like... Yeah, I think I think it's us, a, I think it's a little bit of both. Sorry to Because with me, no, you're totally fine, but with me, I just go, oh, fucking cool, hell yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't even... Maybe why I'll get killed one day. <laughs> like, I just think it's cool. See, and I think that's what I mean by I say, like, beaten down and broken is, like, how many terrible headlines have we had our, in our entire life? How many huge, major, terrible events have we had since the day we were born? You know, like, we have, God. we weren't necessarily born into, like, not chaos. Yeah. So I think like us as a generation and the generation underneath us are like so used to chaos that aliens are just another flavor of chaos and we're not, we don't freak out about chaos anymore. We embrace it. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. We, I don't, I guess when I say beaten down and broken. I mean, we've, we're just conditioned to chaos and to like living our lives through that. So it's like, I think that if the aliens if they're listening, once again, hey. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if like, I think that we as a society maybe give us, you know, another fifteen years to get some of like the real uh, non-believers out of here. But like, I I think that we are at a place of like friendly aliens could land on the White House lawn in like ten years and be like, hey y'all, what's good? Like. I, I brought you some snort juice and uh, it's fucking delicious. Like, can you imagine like alien drugs? Yo. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like, this is going to sound hooch? really bad, but like as a gay man, I'm just like, what these aliens look like? What they got? Uh, as a, just a pansexual woman, I'm like, what you got? What's going on? Uh, How are you living? Like, What's the vibe? I'm like, I'm like, what's big for an alien? What's your average? <laughs> <laughs> like the literally the worst thing that could happen is if there are aliens and they just look like humans. No, I like that idea. You want them to look like humans? I find, I think it's very interesting if life is not unique and this is the standard. It's humans everywhere. It's not a bunch of weird bulbous looking like big heads or weird beaks or whatever. They're just, everyone just kind of, this is what life looks like. I'm saying. Um, I I get you, but I'm also open... I'm open to like James Cameron's avatar, like come out that spaceship being like nine foot tall and like ripped and blue. See, but I thought that the boy was the hottest one of a second one, and he's twenty by the way, so no one come at me. Um, <laughs> I thought he was fucking hot. He was ripped, just oh, with the long dreads. I was like, oh, I just want to. Oh. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like you can look human esque. You can be a humanoid, but like, give me a little something interesting to look at. No, no, you know? the human, the human boy that lived with him. Oh, ew, the orange one? The ginger? Yeah. What is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, the great filter. So, I'm just going to give. So, I pulled this quote from Wikipedia, and y'all stop hating on Wikipedia. Stop (laughs) it. That's Erie's best friend. What are you talking about? Stop hating on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) So, with no evidence of intelligent life in places other than Earth, it appears that the process of starting with a star and ending with advanced, explosive, lasting life must be unlikely. This implies that at least one step in this process must be improbable. Hansen's list, uh, so Hansen's just like a scientist, right? While incomplete, describes the following nine steps in an evolutionary path that results in the colonization of the observable universe. So number one. The right star system, including organics and potentially habitable planets, reproductive molecules, example RNA, simple single-cell life, complex single-cell life, sexual reproduction, multi-cell life, 
tool using animals with intelligence. A civilization advancing towards the potential for colonization explosion, where we are now. And then colonization explosion would be the final point. Um, so the idea behind this is much like there are laws to gravity. It is always this and then this and then this. There are mm -hmm. laws. There is a law. There is a set list that breeds lastable, intelligent life. We are at point eight. We are approaching point nine. The idea of the great filter is human beings are in one of two places. We've either somehow miraculously um, gotten through this big test, the great filter, right? We've somehow as a, as a society over the years or as a civilization through the years approached this great filter, somehow gotten through it and we're good and we're in the clear and we're going to advance and it's going to be great. It's wonderful. Or, well, and that's why we haven't ran into any other life because that life hasn't. Or we have not yet approached that great filter, and when we do, we're fucked. And the reason that we haven't come into contact, been con contacted by, interacted with other intelligent life elsewhere in the galaxy is that no sustainable life has been able to get through this quote-unquote great filter. And that's why there are no civilizations that have managed to colonize or expand across the galaxy, because there is some test to life, some uh, just whatever you want to call it, great factor that no form of living life has been able to get past. Hmm. So yeah, that's a great filter. It's, it's actually, it's a really simple concept, but I find it to be a very interesting concept. Um, we're, we're either Gucci or we are like, we're fucked. Dude. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. Do you, do you have a concept or idea of like what you think the great filter could be? I personally think I think that the test is going to be if human beings can learn to coexist without the need to like be better than or above one another. Does that make sense and not sound too hippie? Like, no, I yeah, definitely. I, I could see that. I sorry, did I cut you off? Do you have more to say? Not really. I kind of oh. did, but like it wasn't like you're good. <laughs> um I I could definitely see that being a thing. I also kind of think that maybe it's consumerism. Mm -hmm. Like uh, no society has been able to live within their means without destroying their home planet, which is like where your power comes from in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely think it's possible. And I think that it lends to almost like what we're going through with like global warming, which is like, yeah. this is a great filter. It's like, can we all come together and, make sure we this planet's okay or is this the great filter of you guys couldn't you couldn't do it and uh, unfortunately your home planet's gonna kill you off now right and so i think like um if human beings can come together and we can forget about borders and we can forget about race and we can forget about governmental powers and we can just um operate as a species towards the greater good so survival advancement expansion etc i think we're good but if we keep warring amongst each other like at the end of the day we are all the same species like it, it, yep. it's, we're all the same like mm -hmm. we're not none are none are genetic i mean we're really not better than one another and so i feel like if we can come together and realize that then the sky is the limit or the stars are a limit if we can't, we're eventually just going to kill each other off. Yeah. You know what I mean? 1,000%. Um, 
because I think I think pretty much all modern conflict starts from oh we're better than them, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and we want their space or their territory. Um, yeah, that's really all I have. The gray filter is interesting. There's not like too too much to, like tear through with it, but I think the idea that wow that was so hick. Not the idea. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think the idea that there is some kind of unknown law or unknown factor that civilizations have to get through to survive and we don't know if we're if it's ahead of us or behind us is like fascinating to me and i just think it's freaking dope it is really cool it's it's really interesting and i think i feel like we are lucky that we get to live in a time where we can have this conversation and it's not about God. Because I just don't want to talk about that, but go ahead. You want to talk about God? Because does this disprove him? Does this just completely like, like if aliens are real, if Mm -hmm. we come into contact with aliens, Mm -hmm. does that disprove all religion? Or does this planet have a God? Do multiple star systems have different gods? Is there a God and it just created this star system? Are there other, like, come on, that's fascinating, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. the Jesus Christian God. Right. But what if we do have a God? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like an almighty. Yeah, it's fascinating yeah. to me. It is fascinating. I think that, I don't know how to explain the idea to me that I think, I don't know. I My view on religion changes quite frequently. Um because I'll just say it. And if Erie was here, she'd be screaming from the rooftops, you know, fuck Christianity and all of this. Um, I, I think that religion, in my personal opinion, religion is nothing more than a set of morals to control the masses that has been twisted and turned into something very evil. For sure. Um, instead of giving people a set of morals to live by, to create a good society, instead it becomes, a set of rules to live by to create a twisted society that bends to the power of whatever you want. Um, and I think that's where we're at currently. So to me, looking at the pictures from like the James Webb telescope was enough to be like, yeah, they, I, I'm sorry. The people who wrote the Bible are the same people that killed Galileo when he was like, the sun doesn't revolve around us. We resolve revolve around the sun, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. If they could have seen pictures, like, I I think that the world is bigger than, like, the God we've been given. The universe is bigger than, like, the God we were given. Do I think that there's some higher power to it all? I won't rule it out in the sense of there definitely could be. But I also personally think that science is just magic explained in the (laughs) sense of I think that this world itself has its own magical qualities to it maybe not in like a harry potter sense but like in the idea of like plants will grow better to different vibrations is crazy and like that's literally magic or like if you listen to the sounds like have you ever seen like people like put uh like the the sound machine on mushrooms and like the sounds different mushrooms make Mm -hmm. like that to me in itself is magic like I think that there's so much of just this planet alone to be uncovered that we have no idea that like 
the idea of even like sitting here and pondering like if there's a god is like well maybe but like there's like myoceum in the soil that's connected all over the world like we live in a world of mushrooms and no one talks like maybe mushrooms are our god you know like maybe it's avatar and we can connect our freaking ponytails to the myceum in the ground and (laughs) well i mean we all i mean it's all just cells vibrating and replicating you know right the idea that any of us are here is magic in the first place um and that's a hard concept for people so i understand why people because people made up religion let's not pretend like people didn't make up religion people made it it all came from humans um so to me it's like the moment unless the aliens these higher powered super progressive and i don't mean progressive and politically i mean progressed made um come forward and they're like there is a god his name's tim and we talk to him like all the time it's like okay well like let's i'm open to that idea like show me tim like let's talk about it you're gonna see me hey tim do you like gays or like are we <laughs> right. really bad are we, are we really awful or what? i'm a good guy <laughs> right like i'm i'm okay as a person like i don't get it um so i think that's interesting but also like i think that there's enough stuff on the planet alone that's made me be like okay <laughs> i don't know about all that dog um may i yeah so like i'm of the belief that like something create i don't know if i'm a fool if i fully prescribe to the idea of the big bang um yeah i guess for me it's just like every single thing about earth was so flawlessly perfect to create life Mm -hmm. i have a very hard time accepting that it happened at random like if we were x amount closer to the sun we'd burn up if we were x amount further from the sun we would freeze there's just so much in the atmosphere that we can breathe and sustain life the oceans and the earth are just so to you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so i have a rough time thinking that that just happened now i don't know if it's a christian god arabic god jewish god hindu etc etc blah 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 i don't know i just i am of the thought process that something aided in the specific creation of this and maybe that's just what I tell myself to be comfortable um, with my own understanding. Because at the end of the day, if humans are anything, humans are curious. Yeah. Humans are very conscientious and humans want to know things. And when there is no direct answer to the things we want to know, we create things to provide comfort with ourselves, like explanations. God and religion is is nothing but a system used to give ourselves comfort to the idea that this is all this all means something greater than what it is right um maybe there was something that created this planet maybe it doesn't give a shit about us maybe it created us and it went off and it's creating other things and it's it doesn't care maybe it doesn't need to be worshipped and told how amazing and wonderful and awesome it is and maybe it does i don't know and nobody's truthfully ever going to know probably Mm -hmm. um but all I know is everything is just so perfect. <laughs> like, and it's just, it's suspicious to me. I'm just like, hmm. Mm. It's interesting to me. I understand exactly where you're coming from and what you're saying. The interesting for, thing for me is that with my autism, <laughs> I was, I don't, I don't need a, re- a reason 
in the sense of like I don't I don't need the comfort or like I can I sit comfortably knowing that like so much of this is like perfect randomness. And I always have, like, even as like a kid, like I from the from the get go, I was like, I don't I don't why would there be a God? Like, I don't you know what I mean? I'm like, we're just we're here. Things are fine. You know, like the the idea, because I agree with you, like things are so perfect to us to a small degree. But I also think that there are so many imperfect things that it's like, well, I don't see us as a sim. You know, like I don't, I don't see us as like, well, there's God, and he, uh, he booted this version, this seed sim world, and like we're just all living it because there's so much that's imperfect, or like there's so many things that don't make sense that, like, to me, I just see it as like science and being like, well, we just don't understand it yet. You know, like it's like, well, we'll understand it, maybe not in our generation, maybe not in a hundred years, maybe not in a thousand years, but like clearly, like there's stuff that like we just don't understand because. It's it's hard for a lot of people to sit here and be like, yeah, I am just like a weird blob of bacon that has enough electricity in me to run a body. Like, mm-hmm. that's weird. Like, it's weird to think about. But it's also like, I just think that like, for me, it's always been enough that life is this weird gift that we're given to just experience this, this time where like everything is perfect for us currently, because I'm a big believer in evolution. Like I always have been um, in a sense of like the, the, and that's why I have this obsession with history and like things that came before us. I literally sit in my backyard all the time and just be like, what did this place look like a million years ago? Oh, I, yeah, and it's the same exact way. What did this place look like 50 million years ago? Like, were, was I under the ocean here? How long was? How long were we under the ocean for? How, if I dig down, I live in, a, in a, a part of the world where a Tyrannosaurus roamed. Like, is there a T-Rex, a whole T-Rex underneath my property, and I just have no idea? Could I find Velociraptor teeth under my chicken coop? Like, I, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. And, like, it's, for me, it's always just been enough to be, like, well, this is just my time. This is my era. I'm in her, I'm in my living era. And, like, that's just, you know, this is a part of the planet I'm in. And I think that that's enough for me. And it's always been enough for me. But I, I see how it's not enough for other people. And that makes me understand religion. Um, and it makes me understand the want for it or the need for it for a lot of other people. But for me, I've just always been okay with it of, like, yeah, this is random and it doesn't mean anything, which means I get to put my own meaning on it. And that's rad, you know, and I've always just lived that way. So like, I, Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. Go, off. go ahead. No, no, no. You finish your thought, please. I, so for me, it, I, 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 it's once again, anthropomorphizing aliens in the sense of like, well, I hope they're kind of just like me in the sense of they're curious and they want to explore and they want the adventure and they're observant and they do all this stuff, but they're not here to, do anything that's like absolutely freaking wild because like we're just they're they're not driven by a higher purpose they're just existing like i am their higher purpose is living right exactly (laughs) i am i am jealous of you because my adhd whatever you want to call it my adhd my autism whatever the hell it is i have to know the why to everything see i do too though me if you're teaching me and you do not explain 
why I'm doing something, I won't understand it. And right. I'm, and I'll ask you like a lot. I'll be like, well, why yeah. am I doing it that way? And a lot of people will take that the wrong way. Like, why are you questioning me? Mm-hmm. No, I'm asking because I need to understand. So yeah. for me, if there is no answer as to, like, I will obsess over the answer to something until either I give up and become angry and depressed because I can't find mm-hmm. that answer. Or I will just research and research and research and research until I feel like I understand it. So something like aliens or even death. Death is my biggest like obsession. I probably Mm -hmm. think about dying and what comes after death. And I'm not exaggerating 50 times a day. I mean, it is constant. It's scary. It is constantly on my mind. Why? Because I don't understand it. It's not because I want to die. It's because I don't understand it. And so I like obsess over it. Yep. And so I'm the same way with this. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I, I am like that too. But I think all of my research and what I've come to is that the answer is that science just lined up so perfectly. And think are not perfectly in the sense of there are things that go really wrong. You know, like we, we see people with metabolic and immune disorders and all of this stuff. Um, so it's enough for me to be like, we are given what we're given and we live with that and we and and the hand you're dealt with is the hand you're dealt with and you go on i don't i don't think any amount of prayer is going to absolutely change the outcome of the hand i was given like i see chicken work in progress Mm -hmm. and, and healing and growth like those are all things that drive me but i think that there's a lot of people who aren't like us they don't want to know the why and I think that's the people that religion is a gift for because they can um, just submit to other people's ideas and be like, that's enough for me. And it, it was never enough for me, even as a, a wee babe. So I agree with you, but I, that's how I've gotten to where I'm at. And that's, I think also where I've gotten to where I sit with aliens and the idea of it. I think about, death and i think about aliens i think about ghosts and i think about other universes constantly i'm constantly thinking about that like even parallel timelines all of that i'm constantly thinking about all of that but i've i've come to like a very peaceful place of being like it is all just so at random and like the randomness comes from it all being scientific uh, like the like time doesn't have feelings mm-hmm. You know, like time, I can't pray to time. Time doesn't have feelings. Time, time isn't, um, time doesn't care if I'm having a bad Monday. Time doesn't care if I want to live for a thousand years. Time doesn't care if I want one more second with a pet that I love. Like time doesn't care about any of that stuff. And I think that that is, I think time's our God in a sense, you know, like I'm very big on mm-hmm. that. And and I kind of think about that with aliens too, in the sense of, have the, if they are so much more progress than us that they can come to us and invade our universe and, and come through our atmosphere and stuff like the amount of time that they have to be ahead or above us. I could be angry for days that we're not in that time as well. It, yeah. bo- it, it bothers me that I didn't, I was not born in a time where I get to explore space in, in a real way. Mm-hmm. And I think I, uh, I think for me is that I believe in some kind of a creator per se. Yeah. But I don't believe in a caretaker. I don't believe in like a watcher. I sure. think something or some things, maybe it was multiple things created this, mm-hmm. 
but I don't think that it's invested. I don't think it wants to be worshipped. I don't think that it sits here and pulls the strings and decides when I live and I die and where do I yeah. go after I die. I don't necessarily believe in that. I do think maybe, I mean, fuck, maybe there's a I don't know, millions of years advanced alien civilization that created this. I don't know. And it's probably just my little brain trying to comfort itself. Yeah. But like, I guess you're probably like, you just say, well, science is fucking weird, dude. Do you go about your day? I'm at peace with it where I'm like, I'm just like, I know you're out there, bitch. I know you did this. I know you did all this, you know? And all I can say is I thank that creator for putting me in the same time period as Taylor Swift and Tom Brady. Like, thank See, you. And that's, that's you where I am. Anywhere, and you put yeah. me in the same time period as Taylor Swift. And, the, and I thank you for that. The amount of times I go, I'm just happy to be born in a time with air conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so it's like, I, you know, our, did aliens get air conditioning 200,000 years ago? Like how lucky for them. That's awesome. Right. Like, and I, it's like, I don't even think about, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's interesting to me, you know, this, I, it does. I do hope that in my lifetime, uh, we have communications with aliens or we have proof of them because I fully I do. do believe that they're out there. And I fully believe that, I, I don't think that it's an us question. It's a them question, it, you know, in this sense. But also mm -hmm. maybe they got through the great filter and they're just waiting for us to get through ours. Right. Before investing anything into us, you know. Or and they're kind of shaking awesome. their heads going, oh, these ones aren't going to figure it out. Yes. They're just like the other ones. Yes, you know? exactly. I think that that's a possibility too. And that's also part of the dark force hypothesis yeah. that they're watching and they're going, ah, 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 ah. You know, they're, yeah. they're waiting, so... That's it's definitely very interesting. That is all I have for the aliens. I'll sit here and, and bounce ideas with you back and forth. But as far as my prepared work, that's all I got. You did great. <laughs> you really, you did amazing. Yeah. So, uh, for a first episode of Oddity Arcadia, you came in swinging hot. And I love aliens. I've been waiting to talk about aliens um, because I have so much love for them. I, uh, before I let you go, even though we should do another episode on aliens because they're fun, I want to bounce off. What do you say? Yeah. I said, let's do it. <laughs> I want to bounce off an idea for you. Okay. Have you heard the idea that we're Martians? Uh-huh. I really subscribe to that idea. So you had talked about uh, Mama Earth getting just pounded by the asteroids. Man, bro. Like, railed. And just railed. Trained, you know, choo-choo. Uh, yeah, And uh, I think, the, so the theory goes, for those who don't know, is that there was once a civilization on Mars um, and they didn't make it through the great filter. Maybe who knows, um, but they didn't make it. And that's why we see a lot of weird things going on through like our Rover cams and stuff like that. Do I think they could possibly be living like the Fremen? If you've seen Dune and we just haven't seen them yet. Also a possibility. I don't know. Uh, but the theory is that a, a piece a piece of Mars, so like they got Mars would have gotten hit with an asteroid, and then a piece of Mars would have either combined with that asteroid or made its own asteroid or been hit so hard that it flows out of their atmosphere, connects with an asteroid coming for Earth, hits Earth, and that's where we got the bacteria that started the evolution of our entire lives. So, in theory, we are Martians and not Earthlings. Okay, I heard a different theory than that. Oh, what's your theory? I heard that there used to be a civilization on Earth. Mm -hmm. um, it died out for whatever reason. And that 
um, an alien species from somewhere, maybe Mars, somewhere else, um, found and settled on Earth, and that's why there's things like pyramids and the Great Sphinx and that massive statue that used to be there and all these things that we can't explain because it seems way more advanced than our knowledge of human mm-hmm. evolution is because it came from a more advanced civilization that settled on Earth and then went through a lot of difficulties trying to establish and reproduce and create and, and this is kind of where we are now. It kind of took a step back, but it survived and that humans, human uh, original human um, microbes or whatever you call them don't originate from planet Earth. That they yeah. seem foreign, um, whether yeah. that's from Mars or somewhere else, you know. But yeah, see, and I, I, I like that theory. I have fun with that theory. Um, and then we can talk about the one thing you say you think about death fifty times a day. I'll tell you what I think about fifty times a day: the fucking Library of Alexandria. I, I think about, I think about her so often. I miss her. I wish she. Would, I wish they never did that to her. Um, she got burned, didn't she? Yes drastically yeah. and we lost thousands of years of knowledge um and it it pains me as someone who cares about knowledge and someone who loves history the idea that all of that knowledge and all of that history got burned in a single night it just it tear it tears me up it tears me up truly i have maybe we should do an episode on that it's it's interesting how well the episode on my library of alexander would be fucking dope yeah maybe maybe that's the next one i'll do because i really i do love talking about it i think it's so interesting and um I, it is something that keeps me up. It, it really does. I think about her all the time because could you imagine how far advanced we'd be if we had fucking knowledge? The, like there's so much that we're missing. Um, and I am, I, there's so many things I could list right now, but we're, we're going to save it for that because there are so many freaking cool things. Um, yeah, well, that's, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go off. No, I was going to say that's part of like, the idea that we were a previously more advanced civilization that settled here and then it took a lot of steps back but managed yep. to survive, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's the idea that, and, and this is part of the Great Filter, there's an idea that humanity could, there could be a nuclear war, but, you know, a, a sliver, like 5,000 humans managed to live and reproduce and they get set back, but somehow we survive still. But there's going to be something that's even worse than that, and we either won't survive and we will be completely wiped out and eliminated, or we make it through it and we advance. We can stop and restart. Stop. We could we could be put to the brink of, of, of extinction 10 years from now, somehow manage to live. We get set back 10 million years, and 10 million years later, we're right back where we are now. That's a blink of an eye right. in terms of space. That right. means nothing. 10 million years means nothing. Right? Yeah. No, so, it doesn't. So, um, I mean, it's just fascinating. And then, like, also, I saw a thing, uh, the same thing I told you, the theory. And I'll try to text this to you because it's fascinating. But the theory that we came from somewhere else, that, like, maybe God, Jesus, Lucifer, Noah, Moses, blah, blah. Maybe they were, like, the original, like, leader group of aliens that settled mm-hmm. here. And that's why we, like, worship them and have all these texts about how amazing, awesome they are. Because mm-hmm. they were, like, their leaders at the time. You know what I'm saying? Which is ridiculous. And it, But it's fun. It's fun. Like, I don't know. But it's interesting to talk about. It is. I, I really – this is one of my favorite conversations. Um, just because I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about the idea that, like um, – like, have you seen like the aliens or not the, but like the astronauts and the aliens and like hydroglyphics in Egypt and stuff. Like, I think that, I think there's been a hand of a lot of other hands from a lot of different other things, you know, going on. And I just think that mm-hmm. the universe is way too cool to say that I, I, I love the paradox of, well, where is everybody? 
because mm-hmm. I agree. I, I agree that it's like, well, where is everybody? Because like clearly there to think that we are alone in the universe is ignorance. Right. You know, it has to be. And if we are truly alone in the universe, how sad. You yeah. know, how sad is what that? If we're like, that's another thing. What if we're like the last surviving civilization? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, crazy. I don't know. I don't know. But you have to think like eventually, eventually all stars in space will run out. Yeah. And space will turn back into darkness. Uh-huh. Uh, and they say that's billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of years we in, hope. Or, <laughs> into the future. <laughs> well, yeah. But it all will end eventually. Yep. That's very fascinating to think about. It is. It is fascinating. Well beyond our lifetimes. Yeah. Well, we hope. I mean, we we never know. Like I said, it's, <laughs> it's random chaos, you know, for the most part. And uh, I don't know. I have fun with it. I think I, like I said, when I started, when we started talking about this, of there's something about the vastness of the universe that makes me feel a little freer, mm-hmm. you know, just to live and goof and laugh. And the idea that I can sit in my kitchen and eat a little bit of cheese and have some grapes and laugh with a friend and the vastness of all the challenges we face and everything that could happen and has happened and won't happen and, and won't Um I, I just think that life is cool and I hope that there's other life out there that are also laughing, you know, enjoying an alien drug with their bestie, la- looking at the stars, looking at us as we're la- looking at the stars, looking at them, you know, mm-hmm. I love that idea. I, I really do. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, I could bounce ideas back with you for the next two hours. <laughs> There's so much. I mean, there's just so much. And I just think like we're at a fascinating like juncture in human history where uh-huh. like absolutely nothing could come of this in our lifetimes. Like we could die and we got no further in space exploration and we never saw an alien. We never like it could really go that way. Or who knows, 10, 15, 20 years from now, like it could be like a very um a very uh large part of our lives, you know? Yeah. So it's just like I don't I don't know. I just I really hope it's the second option. But. Yeah, I do too. I really do. So um, this has been an interesting conversation. We will have more conversations like this. I think for your first episode, I think the people are going to love it. I'm really excited to hear what people have to say. I I genuinely think that this is an interesting conversation. If anyone has any ideas or theories like this uh, around this specific topic, please let us know because I'm sure that we could do this for five hours straight and not have an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Who, who knows what's going to happen next? Uh, in any way, shape or form, alien or not. Uh, So keep your eyes on the skies and stay on Arcadia.